0: Being haunted by a ghost can be one of the most distressing experiences a living person can have. But if you think that's bad, imagine being haunted by a human anus. And then we take a look at a story ripped right from the pages of a V.C. Andrews novel. When a young girl is left alone for long periods of time with a brutally cruel stepmother... She finds very little hope in her day-to-day existence, because this evil stepmother has access to a forbidden relic, a talking severed head. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. we got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, longtime listener of the show, longtime Patreon supporter, and someone who recently sent me a gift. Everyone get on your feet and give a round of applause for Greg Gorley. Woo, yeah, come on in, Greg. And he's bringing in a copy of the book, he bought from my Amazon wish list. You can find it in the show notes. Uh the book is I I've been waiting to read this. Escaping the Rabbit Hole. How to debunk conspiracy theories using facts, logic, and respect. So I, that what a what a cool book. I've been flipping through it. I finally got a lamp. <laughs> I finally got a lamp for my bedroom. So I've been doing some more reading. This, yeah, this book looks and sounds awesome it says at the top a guide to helping friends family and loved ones and it's cool they have chapters on like kim trails they have chapters on 9 11 they have chapters on all these mainstream conspiracy theories flat earth and it's how to talk to people about them and then also it has people who used to believe those things kind of talking about their journey out of the rabbit hole fascinating stuff Uh, and i think that last word is really important respect right because they're not just saying you're dumb for believing that, um, he, it's so fascinating. I can't wait to really dig into that book because I think that is something that's left out of that conversation. Is you're not just calling them dumb. You have to understand why they're there and how you easily could have also been a flat earther. You could have also been a 9-11 truther and things like that. I used to be a 9-11 truther. I've talked about that along my show. I used to be a hardcore 9-11 truther. Uh, I was really into it. <laughs> I was really, really into it. This would be a totally different podcast if I was doing it back in the early 2000s. Still be talking about ghosts and aliens, but there, there would have been a lot of analyzing YouTube footage second by second. But Greg, we're done with the analyzing the YouTube footage for now until some of the crazy conspiracy pops up. And I'm like, but this one, this is the true one. Greg, let's go ahead and toss you. There are a lot of true conspiracy theories out there, but uh, Greg, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're driving all the way out to a local animal shelter. Pfft. This story was provided to us by a guy named E-Dougie TV. And I looked around some of his other posts. He just talks about normal stuff, which, again, is always a good tell. If people are talking about like video games and card games and stuff like that, and then they're like, oh, by the way, they tell this fantastic story, that's usually a good tell that the story's true. However, who knows? This could just be a total joke. It sounds like a joke. (laughs) It sounds like a joke, but in the world of paranormal, this is definitely possible. E. Dougie, we're just going to call him Dougie for short. Dougie worked at an animal shelter for a while. And everything was going okay. That seems like the most depressing place to work, right? Little puppies and stuff. And this was, you know how they have no kill shelters? This was the opposite of that. (laughs) This was a kill shelter. I don't think they were doing it on the first day. I don't think they're like, I just took my dog in to get it like spayed or something like that. And you killed him. Why'd you do that? And they're like, well, we're a kill shelter. Obviously, look at the sign. We're called Killingtons. I don't think they just randomly killed animals <laughs> on their breaks and on their lunches. They got shotguns. And they just roamed the neighborhood. They're like, ah, yes. <laughs> I love my work so much. I never want to take any time off. I don't think they were that. But they did kill animals there. They weren't a no-kill shelter. Well, once they put down this woman's dog and she was so heartbroken over it. She killed herself. (laughs) Jason, real happy Monday episode. Nice to see you too. This woman, her dog got put down and she couldn't deal with it. So she killed herself. Now, I don't think she killed herself at the animal shelter. (laughs) I'm trying to figure that out. Because the haunting is definitely taking place at the animal shelter. I don't think if she took her dog, she put it in like a box and said, here, take this, Killingtons. Take this. And then (laughs) do you happen to have a ladder and some rope? I don't think she killed herself there, but she did kill herself. And after that, there's been an odd phenomenon that every time at this animal shelter, Killington's, every time they went to put a dog down, like as they were getting the process ready, however they do that, I'm sure it's like some injection, right? All of a sudden, the room, really, it seems like the whole animal shelter would be filled with the smell of a wet fart. And Dougie, was, Dougie had to keep kind of explaining this because that's not even enough. That's As you're, as you're eating your burrito, you're like, damn it, Jason. That's not even enough. For I'm go to detail about this so seriously. Put down your chimichangas. He said that it smelled like the worst poop you could ever smell right underneath your nose. It was the most rancid possible scent. And he had, this is actually a quote from him. Quote, it was literally like someone ate terrible Burger King and farted a wet one right under our faces. So I don't know why he specified Burger King. There's a lot of restaurants I can name that produce worse smelling farts. But anyways, terrible bur- It's Ronald McDonald typing this post. He's like, ah, 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 no one will ever eat there again or kill their dogs you ate some horrible fast food and let a wet one rip, that's what it smelled like. And one girl who worked there, she said they were getting ready to put down this dog. I would just call in sick on those days. They're like, oh, on Tuesday we're going to put down that dog? Uh, I, I got to work at Burger King that day. I'm not going to be here. She said that one time when they were getting ready to put down a dog, and they're all familiar with this phenomenon, right? You would smell this rancid fart. She said one day I was getting ready to do this, and I actually, I literally felt my hair blow back as if there was a phantom ass right in front of my face and it farted. And it, the, the, shockwave, the shockwave of the gases coming out of the anus actually blew her hair back. And then the smell came. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't just, she's like, woo. All, all I felt was a shockwave that time. No smell. No, the smell was there too. And Dougie goes on to tell this story. He goes, one night, so the way that the shelter's set up, a lot of businesses are like this, right? For safety, when you're shutting down the shelter, you have to have two people there. I think that's pretty common with a lot of workplaces. You have to have two people there just to make sure nothing bad happens. So he's there and his female boss is there as well. He's waiting in the lobby. And not only is he there because he has to be there because that's policy, but also he's going to drive her home. He's her ride home. And he said that he's sitting there in the lobby waiting for her, and she's in the bathroom. And she walks out of the bathroom looking like she had just seen death. She was absolutely terrified. He goes, this girl was a tough woman. She's ex-military. She's had a lot of farts. She's had a lot of farts in the military, in the barracks. She was captured by the enemies. They farted in her face until she gave up her troop movement positions. She came out of the bathroom and she was terrified. And he's like, yo, what's going on? And she goes, oh, you're not even going to believe this story. But I was in the bathroom. I had a poop. Right? He's like, I don't believe that. Girls don't poop, right? She's like, I had a poop. And while I'm in the stall, somebody starts jiggling the door handle of the stall. Now, I thought it was you. I thought some somehow I thought you had hidden your legs and somehow you'd become translucent. I was really mad, and I said, I'm going to kill you when I get out of here. Quit messing around. I'm going poop. Someone's jiggling the stall handle, and then I hear the sound of a little girl giggle.
1: <laughs>
0: and at that moment, while she's still processing the fact that clearly whoever's jiggling the door handle is invisible, she doesn't see any legs, and now she's hearing this little girl's laugh. She's still sitting here and she hears a female voice whisper her name into her ear. I know grammatically that doesn't make sense. But the ghost wasn't like, Samantha. She's like, who's Samantha? The ghost didn't say her name. The ghost said the manager's name into the manager's ear. And that's how that sentence is. So anyways, grammatically correct or not, it was absolutely terrifying. The manager runs out of the bathroom. And she's like, I want to get out of here. This place is terrifying to me. So they get in his car and they're driving away from the haunted vet. And as they're they're driving away, he begins to smell the poop smell. He begins to smell the poop smell in his car. He can't figure out why the poop smells in his car. Because normally the poop smells at the animal shelter. But as the neon lights of Killington recede into his rearview mirror, He realizes the reason why his car smells like poop is because his boss was so scared from what happened in the bathroom. She didn't didn't even wipe. She got up from the bathroom without wiping and (laughs) sat sat in this dude's car. The end. (laughs) Thankfully, Jason, thankfully that's the end. Creepy story, right? Not the poop... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not the poopy woman in his car that'd be hilarious he drives her home and then he looks and there's no one in the passenger seat and he's like what and then like he realizes there's just a pair of poopy jeans sitting in his passenger seat and he walks up to her house and knocks on the door and an old man opens the door I'm gonna say, this, is, this is the new ending for the story an old man opens the door and here is Dougie holding this pair of poopy pants and the old man goes oh you've met Samantha I see on a night just like this, 40 years ago, she pooped her pants so badly, she died. And then, ever since then, people, people swear that she's their boss at Killingtons. People swear she's doing like W-2s. She's doing payroll and all that stuff, and she's just a ghost. She's a phantom worker. And every so often, a young man such as yourself delivers us a pair of poopy pants. These pants are just like the ones that Samantha wore. The ones that she wore when she died. So, anyways, that's the new ending to that story, but forgetting the new ending that I tacked on. What a terrifying story. We've talked a lot recently about phantom hands. And really, I don't think. I mean, I keep saying it's a phantom hand. <laughs> it's just this brown eye floating. You're looking in the mirror, you're like doing your hair, you look in the mirror, and there's just like this brown little hole floating this this episode's definitely not getting monetized there's this brown hole floating in the mirror and you're fucking turn around there's nothing there i don't this would probably be classified as more as a phantom smell but normally those are either good smells like perfumes and cigar smells i like the smell of cigars. i think most people do but like they're usually in remembrance of somebody right and then ever so often you get like a rancid rotten egg smell, a sulfur smell, and those are usually related to demons, obviously, but also like Bigfoot and these creatures out in the wilderness. The smell of human excrement, which is what I think this was, I don't think it was the dog pooping itself, dogs don't normally eat Burger King, but I think that that is what they were smelling was this woman's poop. This woman's excrement, her gases. Like, why the... I mean, obviously, the story could be fake, right? 100% of the story could be fake, but why would that be what she left behind? Was she trying to prevent other dogs from getting killed? Because it wasn't working. I'm waiting
1: waiting for an episode of Ghost Hunters. Something just walked by one hundred percent One hundred percent something just walked by
0: I get, oh, God damn so people who this were <laughs> it was a bit of a tonal shift here. People who are, I'm, I'm. If my voice sounds different, it's because I'm looking down. So, people who are long-time listeners of the show know that I recently, probably the past hundred, two hundred episodes, moved into my closet to record my podcast. I should guess I should look at the mic. It's probably not good mic etiquette to be looking at the ground. I, I'm worried. This is a whole segue. This wasn't planned or anything. Hopefully, we can get to the
1: next story. I. Is anyone out there? Hold on. Hold on. This is a joke. I'm armed. There's nothing out there. Okay, so
0: what... What happened was I was doing the segment. And what's so weird is I... Okay, so let me back up here. So I'm, I do a lot of recording in my haunted closet now. This is a place that I've moved maybe the past 200 episodes. And there's something happened recently. I don't even remember what it was. I think there was like weird noises being picked up. People were walking around. I'm sitting in here. And there is, of course, because my life's a horror movie, there's about a one-inch gap of light coming in underneath the closet door. And I'm recording the episode, and what's so interesting is, out of the corner of my eye, as I'm recording, because this is me looking, this is how I'm normally doing it. You can hear my voices in the microphone. What happened is, at a certain point, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, at that beam of light, and I couldn't... And the first, I totally ignored it. The first time I saw it, it was so fleeting that my brain didn't... It was weird, because I... I realized something moved down there, but I didn't really think about it. I was in the zone. This show's improv. This show is, I kind of just got to go where it goes. I have notes that I look at, and I just am riffing. So something that can happen, I'm in the zone. And I saw something move out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't even really register it, but my brain registered it, but I just kept going. And that was a couple minutes, maybe three or four minutes before I ga- I That was an audible gasp. And what it looked like was not a huge, so I, okay, I'm going to wrap this up real quick because I don't know how exciting this is uh, to tell you. <laughs> it's obviously terrifying, but I can't really give you a visual. Maybe I'll take a photo of it, not of the ghost or whatever that was. It looked like something walking by, but it wasn't human feet. It was just, it's so, it actually kind of makes me sick to my stomach to think about it, because it was so inhuman looking. It was like black blobs. It was like if you had a leg, and then it ended, okay, I'll be honest. If I'm going to be fucking honest with you guys, it looked like a dog paw. If I've got to be honest with you, that's what it looked like. And what's weird is it blocked the light. So the reason why I saw it was because it was blocking the light. And I don't know if it was in here in the closet and it was blocking the light or if it was outside and blocking the light, but it was blocking the light. It, it it's really kind of making me sick to my stomach to be. <laughs> you're like, "Jason, it wasn't a poop story that did that?" Uh, nope. Yeah. Yeah, if I got to be honest, it would have looked like a medium size. But I only saw two of them. But the way that they were, like it was, I could see. The way I'm gonna describe it makes me think it was in the closet. But it was basically like a little short leg and a rounded ball at the bottom. So it wasn't like a perfect dog paw. It didn't look like a human foot. I don't know what it was. It moved by, and I completely ignored it. Like my brain registered it, but see, I, I'm very animated talker. Sometimes I'm constantly hitting the mic, and I have to edit that stuff out. I'm an animated talker, so I'm thinking maybe it was my like the first time I saw it. I I don't I anyways. I don't want to spend too much time. I want to spend too much time on this paranormal podcast talking about what I saw, just because I can't really visually show you. I think I've kind of explained as much as I can, but something walked by. Whether it was in here or out there, whether it was a dog or who, whatever else it could have been. And then you I, you heard me walk through the house because I was thinking someone might have gotten in. But I went, I checked all the rooms, I double-checked all the places <laughs> where I would hide. I would check all the places I would hide. And then I uh, made sure that the door was locked. It wasn't a person. It wasn't my imagination. Again, when I saw it the first time, I thought that could have just been a shadow. See, I can't even replicate what I'm doing. Like I'm moving my arms, I'm moving my arms around, and I can't. I there's no real light source in here from the the laptop. Okay, I'm done talking. I'm not done talking about it because it's creepy and it made me sick in my stomach. Um, it's just I I. I anyways, and now you now you guys know. What it sounds like when I get scared. That sounded like a woman from a nineteen sixty soap opera. I don't even think I could replicate it. That was me clearly seeing it. The first time it was out of the corner of my eye. When I made that noise, I had turned. Because I was looking at my notes, or I kind of turned. Or wh- for whatever reason, my attention was drawn right down there. And I saw it for a good couple seconds. Like the first time, it could have just been a blink. But the second time, I'm looking at it.
1: move. For about three, four, five seconds. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Greg, let's go ahead and fire up the
0: carbon copter. Yeah, yeah. See, even if I like moved my hand. Yeah, no, it's none of that. Oh, God man, this closet's so creepy. We're gonna say that story I wanna talk about the severed head is quite long and it is quite awesome. It is really, really cool. I just found it the other day. I can't wait to share it with you. But Greg, we're going to find another story, a shorter one, that we can do. That is no less awesome. Greg Gourley, go ahead and fuel up that Carpenter Copter while I take a quick look at my notes here. Yeah, let's just keep the theme going on multiple levels. Greg Gorley, fire up that Carpenter Copter. I was going to have this story later in the week, but... The universe is calling me to do this one right now, and you'll see why. It's not poop-related. But, Greg, go ahead and fire up that carpenter copter. We're leaving behind an animal shelter. We're headed out to a young boy's bedroom. (laughs) Greg, go ahead and land this carpenter copter on the roof of this family. They're all freaking out. They're running away. But luckily, they leave behind their seven-year-old boy. I know that sounded weird. But he is the main narrator of this story. Online he goes by... I keep looking at my stupid door. Online he goes by the name Steve Pissing. We're just going to call him Steve. We're going to call this seven-year-old boy Steve. And Steve has this weird belief. And most kids do, right? A lot of adults do. That's why there's a book called Escaping the Rabbit Hole. He believes there is something hiding in his closet. So very fitting for this episode. He believed that there was something hiding in his closet, and it's this malevolent force. It's not, like, it's not like a fun thing, right? It's something that he should fear, something he should be worried about. And he wrapped up in the... A lot of kids have that belief, right? There's something in your closet. It's the unknown place. But he also has... His weird belief is that any loud noise will awaken this. So whenever he's around his wardrobe, he's quiet. But one day, someone in the house was preparing a bath. And the water, running out of the faucet, seemed louder than normal. Steve goes, hmm. I wonder if I can make a noise now in front of my wardrobe. I wonder if the thing in my closet will hear me over the running water. Because obviously it hasn't reacted to the running water. So he stood in front of the wardrobe and he clapped his hands together very loudly. It was just then that the closet door flew open and
1: the entity stepped out of his closet. Steve backed up. He was terrified. He knew there was something in his closet, he knew it would be
0: awakened by a loud noise, but he. He didn't imagine it was real. Even as a child, you know of childlike fears. And he's seven, right? He's much older. I don't have to do math. He's older than a four-year-old. Four-year-olds are stupid. Seven-year-olds, they're rational beings. Or their brains are starting to form those connections. Even though he had those childlike fears, he never imagined that this entity would actually come out of the closet and this entity jumped out of the closet and stood in front of him and looked him dead in the eyes. And then raised his hand, almost like as a, not necessarily waving at him, but almost as like a start to a wave. And Steve was so terrified and shocked, and he 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 ran out of the room. How could you deal with that, even as an adult? Like I just walked around my house with a weapon, looking for stuff, and you heard me announce to myself. Had someone been pulling a prank on me? They would have ended badly. That's why I was letting people... If someone was (laughs) surprise it wouldn't have been a good surprise for them. I was armed. A terrifying story of what all children fear: The monster in the closet. This monster had a particular set of rules that isn't normal. I've never really heard that before. But I'm sure I'll get emails and comments on the YouTube channel. And I'm sure there are weird beliefs that you guys had as kids right? I'm sure one or two of you will be like, you know, that's interesting. I thought I was the only one who had a set of rules for the monsters in my room. Don't feed them after midnight. But that's not the end of the story. I mean, that's an interesting story in and of itself, right? The monster in the closet being real and it being corralled by certain rules and the boy broke the rules and the monster showed up. Interesting story. But I left out a key detail. Oh, the key detail I left out was... Steve clapped. He had never seen the entity before. He just had a feeling something was in there. So let's rewind back. Steven's hands are getting ready to clap. They're in midair. Slap. They make that satisfying noise. The closet door flies open. And out jumps Ronald McDonald. And there he is standing. Bright red hair. White face. Red nose. I don't know what the rest of him looks like. I think he wears yellow and has red and white sleeves. It was Ronald McDonald. The entity jumped out of his closet was the King of the Golden Arches himself, Mr. Mickey D, aka Ronald McDonald. <laughs> no one else calls him those other names that they should. They should. Mr. Mickey D, trademark, Dead Rab Radio. Uh, it, was, it was Ronald McDonald. And the fact that this is a beloved kid's character, (laughs) it doesn't make a difference, right? If Richie Rich jumped out of your closet, it's still going to terrify you. Ronald McDonald jumped out, and he raised his hand as if he was going to wave, and Steve ran out. He never mentioned having any other interaction with this entity. It's an interesting story, because we're dealing with all sorts of stuff on this level. You can have it be an entity that... Is assuming the shape of a beloved children's character. I would argue that's not these. Not really that. If it was an entity trying to be a beloved children's character, don't be a clown. Right? Don't ever be a clown. Right? That's step one to being a spooky demon man. If you're trying to attract children, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, inhabitants of hell, don't be a clown. No, no little kid really likes clowns. So you jump out of a jump out of the closet, dressed up as Ronald McDonald. It could have been impersonating that, knowing that this boy would implicitly trust Ronald McDonald. Again, <laughs> nobody does. I mean, I remember knowing who Ronald McDonald was, but he was never a beloved character. <laughs> I was an obese child. I loved eating. And I wasn't like, woohoo, Ronald McDonald, can someone take my picture next to this guy? No, nobody's into that. Nobody's into that. So that that would be a bad choice if the entity was... Sh- I mean, you could have hopped out his Optimus Prime <laughs> or something like that he turns into a semi-truck. He's crashing through the house. You made a loud noise, Steven. Now I'm going to make the loudest noise in the world. Burst through the house. Yeah, maybe not Optimus Prime either, but he could have been like a Smurf, right? Something cuddly. Gizmo from Gremlins. But no, he became Ronald McDonald. So on the one hand, you could think it was some sort of entity pretending to be Ronald McDonald, purveyor of fast food. Then let's take the skeptical answer let's take the skeptical answer <laughs> the skeptical answer would be that the kid imagined it but let's take a less skeptical answer than that but not be demonic maybe it was <laughs> maybe it was a real person dressed up as Ronald McDonald <laughs> living in his wardrobe this whole time maybe there is a guy who worked at McDonald's and but he was homeless right and so the only place like this house right next to McDonald's. He climbs into the roof and he lives in this kid's wardrobe. And when the kid started clapping, the guy goes, oh, maybe he's clapping because he smells delicious french fries. He's <laughs> french fries in his pocket. So he jumped out. The skeptical answer is that he imagined it or it was someone pulling a prank or it was a homeless man dressed up as Ronald McDonald's. But you also start looking at things like tulpas, right? Something we've talked a lot about on the show. If enough people believe in something... It becomes real. But the pushback to that as well is nobody believes in Ronald McDonald. Like, nobody is... He's a mascot. He, You know what I mean? Like, no one is really... No one's sitting around being like, oh, man, I wish the Coca-Cola polar bears were real. Oh, that would be so great. I bet you they would drink all the Coca-Cola with me. Like, we know they're corporate mascots. Nobody wants to hang out with the Dell computer guy. They're just mascots. So I don't even think that Ronald McDonald could be a tulpa. This story is interesting because... What would possess? I don't think it was actually a homeless guy hiding in his wardrobe, and I—I I, it might have been his imagination, but something jumped out. Right? I don't think it was a homeless guy. I honestly don't even think it was his imagination. I think something jumped out, and maybe his mind read it as Ronald McDonald. Actually, now that I think about it. We did that episode, a couple of episodes recently, about how the Nephilim, the fallen angels who had sex with human women, they're children might have looked like clowns pale skin red hair they didn't say they were they didn't say they were wearing yellow vests and red and white sleeves but if you i don't know how to place this story if you were a demonic entity it would be a terrible idea to dress up as a mascot in mexico there's that haunting where people keep seeing chester cheetah from the cheetos commercials and on the bags hiding in a mexican bathroom i'll put that episode in the show notes I think it's more in line with that. I think it's something that fall that wasn't demonic. People didn't know how to classify that. I think we're talking about something that's outside of the realm of uh demons or ghosts or tulpas. It's something else. Like this isn't I believe that this is an unclassifiable phenomenon, which is funny because we don't have many of them. Usually when something happens, we can go, that's related to UFOlogy, or that's related to the world of paranormal, or that's related to demons, or that's related to this, that, or the other thing. But this seems unrelated to those things. You can't pigeonhole it anywhere. It seems like Ronald McDonald jumped out of this kid's closet. So what does that mean? Like, we have Chester Cheetah in Mexico. We have McDonald's in this kid's house. We don't know where this story takes place. Are there other mascots out there? Like, is this a common thing? That you have these mascots running around? And, actually, let's end it on this. Because I really want to get out of this closet. Let's wrap it up like this. As this thought just popped in my head. What if... Conspiracy cap's fully on. What if... Mascots existed before they became mascots. I actually, meant, I, I, this is actually a conspiracy theory that I kind of believe. I mentioned this a long time ago. I could never find the episode because it was just something I said on the site. But what if, I remember thinking this a long time ago, what if Mickey Mouse, Ma- because Mickey Mouse is lame. No one likes Mickey Mouse. I've never met anyone who goes, oh, Mickey Mouse, he's so funny. Mickey Mouse cartoons, they're the best. Everyone knows they're garbage, the Mickey Mouse stuff. Donald Duck is where it's at. Like, Mickey Mouse is boring. If you're over the age of four, I just lost half my listeners. They're like, what? They're wearing a big Mickey Mouse sweater right now? Dude, Goofy is funnier than Mickey Mouse. Pluto is funnier than Mickey Mouse. And he doesn't even talk. Pretty hard to get upstaged by your dog. But I always said, what if Walt Disney met a demon who looked like Mickey Mouse? And the, this demon said, Mr. Walt. I'll make a deal with you. You make the world worship my image, and I will make all of your dreams come true. And so Walt goes, yeah, sure, that's a great idea. So he drew a representation of this demon, and the closest you could get to drawing this demon would be Mickey Mouse. It's not like the demon was actually a mouse wearing little red shorts and have that annoying voice. It would be... That this creature, like I always imagine, like Mickey Mouse's ears are actually giant protruding eyeballs, and was all like disgusting and stuff like that, <laughs> with realistic blood dripping out of every pore in his body. And what if the mascots existed, and then the companies used existing cryptids or monsters? <laughs> There's some marketing executive. He's sitting there in the 1960s. He's smoking Virginia Slims. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to get fired tomorrow. I need to come up with a new peppy slogan and a new mascot for McDonald's. What am I going to do? He's sitting in his son's bedroom. smoking so a cigarette. I need a lovable character. And I need him now. And then the... Wardrobe opens up and this clown steps out. <laughs> Dad doesn't immediately strangle him for being a stranger in his son's room, and the con goes, If you're looking for a mascot, how about me? What if these characters, these mascots, the reason why certain ones are so effective? is because they're based on real spirits, real creatures. Like, I use the word cryptid. It's not even really a cryptid. The Chester Cheetah in the Mexican bathroom, It's what would you classify that as? It, it can't be a tulpa. Nobody believes in Chester Cheetah. No one wants him to exist. He's a monstrosity who just yells in your face, it ain't easy being cheesy. Nobody wants that guy to exist. No one's drawing sex art of that dude or trying to masturbate him into reality. Nobody. But what if some marketing executive was going to the bathroom in Mexico? He's like, oh, man, I finally found the nice toilet to poop in. And he saw this giant leopard walking by. And he goes, I don't know where I'm going with this. He's like, that's it. There's nothing we'll sell our product like a giant monster that I found in a Mexican bathroom. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think I've said it succinctly, hopefully, Because i got to get out of this. (laughs) I keep looking over here. i got to figure out what's going on in here. But what if the spirits existed before the mascots? And these spirits have actually inspired the mascots. And that's why there are certain mascots that take off. And then other people, they're drawing all these sketches. And people are like, well, that's dumb. Or they come out with a mascot and it just fails. But maybe there's a Geico Gecko somewhere out there. Sitting on a little throne. And he's like, yes, feed me more. Feed me more eyeballs. Not literal eyeballs. I mean, people watching my ads and laughing, and that is them, like, worshipping the old gods, right? People don't necessarily want the Geico Gecko to be real, but every time they laugh at his jokes, he gets stronger. He's like, yes, yes. I don't know where I'm going. I think I know where I'm going with this, but I don't know if I'm putting it in the right way. We did an episode a long time ago. It's one of my favorite episodes about Is Bugs Bunny a Native American deity? And it's along the same lines. That might even be the episode I talked about Mickey Mouse. I'll put that in show notes. But these creatures of old lose their actual worshipers over time, over the centuries. People move on to different religions or these people get wiped out. But the gods still exist. But they have to find other ways to be mentioned, other ways to be known, other ways to be worshiped. What if the Ronald McDonald jumping out of the wardrobe wasn't a spirit imitating Ronald McDonald? What if it actually was Ronald? <laughs> I spent all that time. I spent all that time. You're like checking your watch. You're like, oh, okay, Jason, we get it. What if it actually was Ronald McDonald? Is what I'm saying. And the Ronald McDonald that we know of was inspired on this ancient wardrobe dwelling deity. Who knows? Who knows? What if the mascots we know and love and tolerate is far as Mickey Mouse is concerned, are actually the best representation you can have of the ancient gods that tribes once worshipped. These gods used to provide food and security and pleasure to our ancestors. And now they do the same thing today. (laughs) Ronald gives us food. What was the second one? What was the other one? I said security. A uh, pet boys, the pet boys. You, I know your car is going to be fixed when you take them there, and then pleasure. Pleasure when you're pleasuring yourself to horrible Mickey Mouse porn. Maybe the old gods didn't die off with their followers. Maybe they just changed their tactics. A wardrobe, maybe a. He's <laughs> just
1: finished the stupid episode.
0: A wardrobe may be a far cry from Mount Olympus. But what a better way to be close to your followers than to be living in their house. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at Radio.